0: Hey, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, if this is your first time jumping into this feed, welcome. It's great to have you here. Um, Today's episode is a bit different than what we typically do here on the feed. Today is a conversation between me and my good friend Becca Barron about how we as Christians can, I guess, approach or just better understand the world of human trafficking and for me uh, just personally you know this kind of conversation really started uh, as I had just been noticing that some of my female friends have been posting online about their experiences with being targeted for trafficking and abuse and I just felt like man as a Christian I want to know how I can protect my sisters in the faith and also my brothers who have been targeted as well i'm gonna be a dad soon to a young girl and i'm just on high alert i'm just being honest and so i just wanted to understand this world a bit more from somebody who i know understands the world not because they've experienced it necessarily um, but because they're an expert in it becca is a social worker here in the monterey county and deals with men and women who are coming out of this world who are experiencing freedom and trying to start their life back over in a healthy way. And Becca was so kind to just give me some of her time to educate me and hopefully to educate you as well. So I'm praying that this conversation is something that really helps us uh, apply the gospel message of Jesus and his kingdom and his values into developing right relationships in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our communities. So with that, uh, here's my conversation with my good friend becca barron well becca thank you so much for hanging out with me today i really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule this is my first time ever doing a podcast conversation with a mask on
1: mine too <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, these are unique times we're living in but Man, I'm super grateful for you being here to talk to us about this subject. I thought that what we could do, just to start off the conversation, was that maybe you could introduce yourself. I think that there's some listeners right now who maybe have met you in the past or who have never met you. Can you tell us just who you are, what church you're part of, and what you do in our community?
1: Yeah, so I'm Becca Baderon, um, as you know. Um <laughs> I um I attend Refuge Salinas, um, which we're currently kind of in a transition with our church plant. We just merged with another church. So we might shortly be Refuge Bible Church or something else. Um but I've been serving at the church plant for about five years now. Yeah, I think yeah, wow. five years. I was kind of like weird to say it out loud, but <laughs> um and then prior to that I was at Calvary since I got saved in two thousand eight. So um I've been walking with the Lord for a while. Um, and then my daytime job, I work for the County for Child Protective Services as an emergency response supervisor, as well as our trafficking supervisor. So I oversee all of the response for Monterey County for trafficked, um, youth. So anyone Mm -hmm. 18 or under, um, unless it's like a non-minor dependent who would be like up to 21, um, I supervise what happens when we get a new report that they've been trafficked and then to coordinate our response with various wow. agencies in the area
0: wow just some light work for you yeah it's
1: not a big deal <laughs>
0: Becky. I'm crazy thankful for what you do in our community for you serving the church and serving the community in that kind of way it's just so beautiful I- I'm really glad to be able to talk with you about um you know this subject like we were just praying just a moment ago I, I actually hate that we have to talk about this mm-hmm. um but I am glad to be able to talk with somebody like you who's so experienced on the reconciliation front, on um, you know diagnosing what's actually happening in different situations, uh, somebody who's just very aware of what's happening in our community. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask you a few things about this, just for our edification as Christians, and so we can kind of know, man, what should I be praying for? How, how should I be asking God to break into our community? And what can I be looking for as mm-hmm. well? in my life and for others um, who may be disadvantaged or maybe taken advantage of. So I just wanted to ask this, this is like the first thing. Should we be talking about anti-human trafficking or human trafficking? Like as a ministry, is it wrong to say anti-human trafficking, human trafficking? What are your thoughts about that?
1: Um, Well, I think the conversation we should be having is about human trafficking. Um, I think that the... The movement is certainly anti-human trafficking. Um, we don't like it, we don't want it. Um, but the the way that we have been able, um, at least for children really, and I think for a lot of adult victims as well, to really be effective and get legislation passed to make the issue come to the forefront is to mm-hmm. really just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, because for a long time with kids specifically, you know, we kids would be arrested at 13 or 14 and charged with prostitution. As if, like, you know, a 13-year-old girl is sitting at home watching Pretty Woman, mm. like, yeah, that's just what I want to do with my life. I'm going to run away from home, and I'm going to go let a bunch of men sell me for sex. Mm. Like, it's that's not what's happening. And um, so being able to say, like, this is trafficking, to acknowledge it for what it is, what is actually happening, has really helped to really bring to light what the actual issue is and to help change perspectives. Because mm. um, if you'll notice, it was just within the past few years that human trafficking became a really attractive philanthropy for a lot of people to get involved in, which I don't say that kind of like in a crass way. Like I really mean it is a good thing that that has happened. Um, But that has happened because we've just had honest conversations and really Mm. changed the dialogue about what a victim looks like. And especially I think for adults as well, recognizing that, you know, like women who are maybe involved in sex trafficking or in the sex industry in any way, maybe more victims than they are willing mm. participants has been really um, crucial to the Christian society in particular. Yeah. Because we really struggle. I'm gonna this is just my perspective. So it's not my like church's perspective or Calvary's perspective, oh, but I think <laughs> I think that we as Christians really struggle against all other sins with sexual sin the most. Yeah. And we're really quick to condemn and that breaks down our conversations. And so for a very long time you know, you see a woman who is involved in the sex industry, and it's just instantly that she is a sinner. Hmm. And um, she needs, like, Hmm. obviously, yes, she probably does need to be saved. But when you see that person as just uh, just as their sin, then you stop looking at them the way that Jesus does. And so to look at these women and these children, and even the young boys and the men who are being victimized as well, to see them as victims really changes our perspective and what we're willing to do to help them and what we're willing mm. to fight through. Because I mean, these people are seeing the worst of the worst of society really not being believed, marginalized by law enforcement, mm. no credibility to what they're saying. Um, and so when we start to see like, this is somebody that needs my compassion and my love and my heart and really needs my endurance and my fight, then we start to actually service that victim and help mm. them to change their lives. So, wow. Um, that is my long-winded way of saying anti-trafficking is great I'm 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 an anti-trafficker yes but at the end of the day what we really need to be talking about is just name it for what it is is trafficking
0: I love it call it out for what Mm -hmm. it is and have the honest conversations like you talked about I think that's really beautiful you know I was telling you before this recording that I'm learning a lot of this myself in real time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i know that human trafficking is wrong obviously no doubt about it but in my mind what i think about when i think of human trafficking first is i think about somebody being stolen into a car Mm -hmm. transported to maybe another state and being sold for their bodies in a sexual kind of way sexually exploited but i know there's gotta be levels below that and maybe Mm -hmm. even above that as well i hate to even say that but can you kind of just help us right now what what is like a definition of human trafficking what what actually qualifies for it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um so human trafficking can be um really the bare bones of it um is any expenditure of a human being by means of force force fraud and coercion so human trafficking in and of itself actually um includes both sex trafficking and labor trafficking okay so um that includes you know um, adult and child slavery um so that's kind of what a lot of people would consider like the base level of trafficking. Although I personally think that labor trafficking is probably just as traumatic on a person as sex mm-hmm. trafficking is. Um, but anytime that you're using a person in exchange for goods, any type of good, and it could be monetary good, which is the tangible thing that we like. It could also be things like um, creating an image of that person in a sexually explicit manner or in a way to sell them. Um, that image could be considered a good food can be good housing mm. um, survival sex somebody exchanging sex in order to just have their basic needs met could be considered an ex- like any sort of any sort of transaction like that um, through by means of force fraud or coercion so it kind of covers everything if you and I are not openly with full understanding consenting that we're going to have this action is happening then it is considered trafficking.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: So it's, um, it's really rare, you know, cause there's a difference between like, I'm going to go be employed as a maid versus I'm going to be abducted from my home and forced mm-hmm. to clean homes. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even, you know, I'm going to choose to go work in the porn industry because that's what I want to do with my mm-hmm. life versus abducting somebody from a young age and forcing them into child pornography. And then when they become an adult, they graduate to pornography. Right. There's that distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, so the base of it, what we look for is force, qu- force, fraud, and coercion is going to be Got the, it. the ba- very bare bones definition of it.
0: Can that happen within somebody's home? Does it have to happen, like, with somebody be taken out of their home? Or can that happen, like, just in a relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. So in the same way that you in a marital relationship could rape your spouse, mm. I mean, not that you would, I just one could rape their spouse. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you can also traffic your spouse. Um. So... Mm. Like with kids in particular in Monterey County, we don't really see, and I would say with adults too, what gets reported to us is not your typical trafficking circumstance where you have um, what we would call an exploiter or a pimp who is sending out all of these young kids to a bunch of johns or other exploiters or buyers as we call them. Um, that's We see that sometimes. But the most common is exploitation through social media mm. or relatives exploiting children oh wow um so they'll go visit like with their aunt who will be exploiting them to other mm. people um we see a lot of kids don't get abducted as often in monterey county they will have like their exploiter will text them to meet somewhere they'll all rendezvous at a point they'll take them around a lot of places over the weekend and then bring them home afterwards mm. so it's um, exploitation kind of happens in a range of ways. But mm. to answer your question directly, yeah, it can certainly be happening within the home.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's just, this is really disturbing to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about maybe somebody who's listening right now, maybe who's been in an unhealthy relationship or an abusive relationship. And it sounds like maybe there's potential that they have been trafficked in their own home, in the confines of that relationship. What What can someone do uh if they are experiencing something like that what can they do to find some reprieve mm-hmm. do they call you do they call the police like do they have to report that person like is there are there's times when you might be reporting something and the police officer might say like no that's not what you think it is how does that all work
1: so yeah i think you it, the quality of legal service you're gonna get is gonna depend on who's the officer responding. I will say, um, I only say that really in regards to law enforcement jurisdictions outside of Monterey County. I work very closely with law enforcement in Monterey County with my job. And I've really not been disappointed. You know, I think our officers really care about this issue in particular. They've been receptive to us and um so basically what I'm saying is yeah, the first step should be to call 911. The most direct way for you to get a result, if you are in that type of relationship, is to call law enforcement and get them on it. Um, And then even if, you know, the officer responding doesn't believe you, you can insist that a report be taken because then you have a record that you have, this has been an ongoing issue and you've attempted to advocate for yourself and gotten no response. Yeah. The best way, though, to also do that, even if law enforcement takes you seriously or not, There are several advocacy agencies, um, certainly within Monterey County, but in most um, parts of the United States that you should go to. Hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit safer to go see an advocate before you call law enforcement because then you have an advocate that can be there with you. Um, So in Monterey County, uh, I would direct people probably to the Rape Crisis Center. So the Monterey County Rape Crisis Center is phenomenal. They work with us, with our trafficked youth. Hmm. They also work with adults as well. Their advocates are amazing mm. um they respond very quickly. they're well known within the district attorney's office. They work with victims of crime um they know our whole process for um like our sexual abuse response teams and things like that. Yeah. They work with behavioral health, so they're really great um and then also the y w c a of monterey county has trafficking advocates as well um and they're i mean it's the y w so young women's, but they take male clients as well um and they also work with victims of domestic violence so um, Mm. both of those agencies would be really great areas to go because whether law enforcement believes you or not they will offer you those services and um, they can offer them on a sliding scale and they're they're just really great we really love our partnership with them
0: wow that's beautiful um you know the stuff i've been asking you so far i feel like it's all related to kind of like headlines you know like this is like the big stuff that you kind of see that Mm -hmm. somebody was taken um abused in some kind of way mistreated but i know that there's some stuff going on sometimes before that even happens Mm -hmm. i was just introduced to the the term grooming recently which Mm -hmm. i'm not familiar with but just i know there's something that happens between two people where where there's like a relationship that starts and it kind of leads into some kind of trafficking i feel like it's really gray to some degree because it sounds like it actually might even be like a very kind relational process at first that turns very bad and dark later. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of talk to us about what grooming is and what's kind of like the like the underbelly of trafficking? Like what What's going on there?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so grooming in and of itself happens with pretty much all forms of abuse, so child abuse, elder abuse, domestic violence, even really with substance abuse, to be honest. Um, and it's the process by which someone else gets you comfortable with or normalizes for you, uh, maladaptive or negative things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has happened recently is a lot of trafficking research has really identified what we have called in regards to domestic violence as a cycle of violence. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see that the same thing with trafficking as well, that there is, um, it's like a cycle of violence, but it's like a cycle of coercion. Um, And so what happens with the grooming is usually like where you're in like this stage of stasis where your partner is probably telling you those normal things. Like I like you and you're beautiful and, um, you know, I want to spend time with you, which, you know, spending time with your partner is a normal and a healthy thing, but there is a degree to which it becomes unhealthy. Hmm. And so that, that attention becomes unhealthy when it becomes isolation. Hmm. Um, so you know, it's like it's pretty common when you're a teenager. You're like infatuated with your significant other, and you're going to okay. graduate high school someday. So you have to spend every minute together. <laughs> but it's really actually unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when your partner totally. doesn't want you to have your own life outside of that. Right. You know, right. one-on-one relationship. That's usually a really good first indicator. Um, controlling behavior. So that would be like taking over your phone. You mm. know, getting really jealous of other people, especially people of the opposite gender. Um, spending any sort of time with you. Um, A lot of the times we hear about accusations Hmm. um, against other people in your life. And then they'll also uh, really towards like it's kind of prevalent throughout but I would say it gets stronger towards the end of the grooming process is attacks on your close loved ones. Hmm. So trying to convince you that like your parents don't love you. right? um, Even maybe making threats to them. A lot of, for children, like a lot of predators will be like, if you don't do X, Y, or Z, then I'm going to harm your sibling. Um, So like with adult relationships, they'll be, you know, I could have been with your best friend. I'll just go be with her. If you don't do this, I'm going to like, you know, kill your roommate.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, We hear, especially right now, and it's really relevant in the area that we live. We'll hear abusers threaten to call the police and get somebody deported. Mm. Um, with us they'll threaten to take away kids and they'll call cps and they'll take away your kids things like that Mm. um so that's the base of that is it kind of starts out as like something really innocuous but if you start to see it escalating um that's where you're going to really see those grooming behaviors happen um and then they also will introduce the trafficking that they want to do so if it's labor trafficking they'll start introducing little tasks to do for them Mm. and then oh i'll pay you money and that's great don't you like getting money I take care of you with sex trafficking mm. um it'll be like sex with the perpetrator and then they'll give you nice things in exchange for that manicures a bag yeah. money you know they'll take you to the movies whatever well, not right now but like right whatever and then it'll be like hey i'm in a hard place can you help me out and like have sex with my friend mm. or you know i need you to go I'm strapped for money, I need you to go clean this house for me. Like, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, do this, do whatever for me. And it seems like you're helping them out, and then it becomes, you start to, it. the switch gets flipped pretty quickly after that.
0: Yeah. Do you find that in most cases that the relationship between the two people engaged in this activity, that, that there's actually like, some good intentions from the get-go, or is it that typically there is a predator who comes into the relationship and has an agenda the whole time Mm -hmm. or does the predator kind of form maybe sometimes Do, do you have any insight into that
1: um you know i would it's to my professional opinion i think that somebody who is trafficking someone is doing it from a predatorial mindset from day one got it um i don't know of any normal or healthy relationship that results in trafficking of any kind. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I think like within a marital relationship, if something like that's happening, um, it can certainly be conveyed as like, oh, we're doing this because we're just open with our sex hmm. or I'm assisting my spouse with whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, if you are being coerced into doing it, it is trafficking. Right. If you're not consenting, it's trafficking. Um, and the, the idea behind grooving Uh, grooming sorry my mask makes everything sound so (laughs) weird um rocking it but the idea behind grooming is that this person from day one it's not even like they just like randomly like stumble upon this person Hmm. and it's like oh there's there's a forethought that goes into identifying certain characteristics about somebody that might be more susceptible to trafficking um you know we've had instances where like you know two siblings were trafficked and then one of them was eventually left off because the predator preferred the one Mm. child and it's because there's something about their personality or something that shows that they might be more impressionable. Um, you know, it could be prior trauma, recent breakup, things like that. Mm. Like that would make somebody more vulnerable. Maybe, um, with most victims of trafficking, children and adults, there's usually a foundation of some sort of sexual assault, um, Mm. or like abandonment, some sort of, some like prior, incident of trauma that happened that would make that person more susceptible in the future and so wow. predators are definitely seeking that out interesting um, yeah
0: so that's what i was going to ask you actually next is that how can you like how would you becca be able to look for someone who might be a predator like, how would you know that somebody is a predator and then what would it be maybe about you not that this would happen to you but what would be what would it be about you that would cause, cause a predator to be like i'm going after her
1: mm-hmm well, so to identify a predator is next to impossible. Hmm. Um, you know, wow. statistically speaking, the your average predator is going to be a middle-aged white male. Um, but to identify, it's like, you know, people kind of think that they're going to be walking around with like, you know, the, like the, the trench t- weird, coat. Like, yeah, the, 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 the shady, dark hat. Yeah, everything. but the whole idea of being a predator is that they look like, you know, the most trustworthy person I mean, think about, like, the sex scandal within the Catholic Church. Yeah. These were priests. Right. You know, um, what's his name? Jared with Subway. Like,
2: mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the nicest know. spokesperson on the planet
1: turned out he was really into child pornography, Ugh. right? Like, it's always, like, you know, you you just can't name it. um. You can probably identify like if you have a friend who has a relationship that you're concerned about, you can probably identify a predator that way based off of warning signs Interesting, yeah. and red flags that maybe you're hearing about within their relationship. Um, but it's really hard to identify a predator as far as a victim goes. Like, um, like I was kind of saying, any sort of history of trauma, um, ongoing insecurities, things like that um, can really make you be a victim. But there are also victims that don't have that history. Hmm. Statistically speaking, we do see um, overwhelming numbers of minorities being trafficked. Hmm. Um, And certainly children who have um, different sexual orientations or um, gender identity can certainly be more vulnerable to trafficking. Um, Women are overwhelmingly more often trafficked Hmm. than men are. But we also kind of believe that it's the same with domestic violence, that the occurrence is probably not as far off from each other as it seems um that's just more underreported yeah Um, right. so anyone any with youth, if it's runaway teens with frequent um frequent absences from the home would be mm. usually a, a strong vulnerability and then um substance abuse can also create vulnerability as well
2: yeah.
0: wow thanks for sharing that i wanted to ask you about uh online relationships mm-hmm. uh you know i met my wife well I met her in person but we fostered a relationship online through Facebook <laughs> um I don't even remember the last night I logged into Facebook but we would message each other and it was long distance the whole thing and I knew her brother and sister well, I knew her sister and her brother-in-law so I knew like about her reputation I knew her about her family mm-hmm. her upbringing all that so I didn't feel like I was getting into something I didn't know really but I'm curious you know about You know, like, modern online dating. I feel like such an old guy, even just, like, talking about it. I'm like this old married dude who's like, eh, just online dating thing. But um, I'm just thinking about people who are going online, like, maybe using an app or something and meeting someone that, that they don't know. They don't know their community, their reputation, what's happened to them in the past or anything, and agreeing to meet with them in person in the evening at a bar and just, like... I just get like nervous. I even talking about, it, I get like a little nervous, you know. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that sounds so risky to me. Um, from you, do you see anything? Like, do do you see cases like this happen from online relationships? And if you do, um, like, as you're talking with people, have there been like red sign or like red flags that that person could have seen? before they got in that situation does that question make sense mm-hmm.
1: yeah I um, I mean for me personally and I'm like more hyper vigilant because of my job right, but I'm not a right. huge fan of online dating um we right now I would say our traffickers are exploiting mostly through apps and social media really yeah, yeah. um snapchat Instagram, you know, anything or could like direct message and like guys are just skis balls mm. on there. Oh yeah. I'm like, I sorry about your gender, but I don't get, you know, explicit pics from females. <laughs> right. Like they're always like, I know. it's just what is wrong, with us, Becca? Yeah, what is wrong with us. It's just, you know, it's the fall. <laughs> we all share the burden, but it's yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of exploitation that happens from that. I don't think that online dating is necessarily in and of itself a bad thing. Right, right. Um, I think it's more about, you just have to make personal, take personal precautions. Um, you know, right off the bat, if you want to meet somebody for the first time, it should really be in a crowded public place, which yeah. right now is next to impossible. That's true. So it's yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a beach, like a popular beach, like go down to like Orange County or something. Um, but it is, I think that you have to just take measures to take care of yourself. Mm. Um, you know, like in the Bible, it says, you know, nothing's hidden from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Like he'll shine a light on a dark place. He'll do that in your personal life too. So like, if you're trying to hide stuff from your friends, he'll bring it up and it's like, he either like just exposes it or he's going to give you a, like, he's going to allow you to have a really hard time, which I speak from experience. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's going to expose it by putting you in like, you know, rock bottom or a dangerous Mm -hmm. situation. Um, so it's, I would just say, you know, be above water if you're going to be seeing somebody, tell your friends, um, you know, I've certainly gone out, um, when my friend was doing a blind date or even like meeting somebody from online Yeah. and I've just kind of casually been in the restaurant at a separate table, like just looking like a stranger, just Mm. to like kind of be there in case anything goes awry. Um, I think that for females specifically, we do have to be a little bit more vigilant about our personal safety, but, you know, I think you have to go into it with an understanding of like these are my personal convictions. I'm not gonna cross any lines and any boundaries, mm-hmm. and if you know really any one of those comes up or he you know this person is trying to get you to cross a boundary line, that should be an indicator to you that you're done yeah, um I say that as you know my job as a high school ministry yeah, leader, I know, right like a create like an yeah. I mean, and I'm wildly single, so some people, are like, that's rich for you yeah. to say. But, like, um, I, yeah, I just, online dating terrifies me just because yeah. of what I see. But I will say, though, I think for adults, it is probably, and I don't have any research to back me up on this, but I think it's more likely that you're going to be catfished than you're going to mm-hmm. be trafficked through online dating um, because the reporting with that is so, like, is very swift. But there are some sites that they're, they bottom line. Yeah. is to promote sexual promiscuity so it's mm-hmm. like to you really have to be mindful about what you're getting into and which sites you're using and things like that
0: totally totally becca as a christian woman like you said who's a high school minister as well tell me what what are the boundaries like do you have like a list like what what are what are your boundaries for being in that kind of situation
1: well for me personally i just don't do it boom
0: that's it I mean
1: I I'm I'm kind of different though um because you know I work so closely with my pastor and I have always been I don't want to be like under a microscope because that's like it was more like my life is is watched by a lot of people who love me very deeply yeah totally um but with that you know one of the things that I do encourage high school students is you know they really should be clear with their parents Mm -hmm. so like if you're an adult with your friends if you're close with your parents, your parents, um, you know, a, like maybe a more mature adult. So like if you're close with a pastor, talk to the pastor about it. Um, but that can sometimes be really awkward, but mm. just like maybe a mentor in yeah. your walk. Um, because I, I just always get worried if you're not willing to talk to, you know, your best friend about the person that you're about mm. to go date, you should be really considering that. Yeah. Um, if you, it's kind of like hiking in the woods, right? Like if you're going to go hiking, you tell somebody you're going to go hiking. Yeah. Otherwise nobody knows that the avalanche fell on you Mm -hmm. and nobody's going to come help you. And when they realize that you're missing, they're not going to know that you were hiking Hmm. and like where to even begin to try to find you. Um, so you always want to kind of Hansel and Gretel it and leave like a trail wherever you're going. 100%. And I mean, even if you don't want your friend there, you know, kind of slyly from the background watching to make sure you don't get like kidnapped and murdered Mm. have a check-in check-out point I've done that too like you know Mm. I'm gonna go like on my bumble date at two if I don't text you by four yeah come find me you know that kind of a thing so um but yeah we just uh at a certain point like we have a personal responsibility to take care of ourselves yeah um to do otherwise is not wise yeah um but you know, when I I very rarely consider dating guys, I usually, like, really want to get to know somebody first, and then yeah. I usually disqualify them through that. I'm like, you're a really great friend, but, like, we're not going from here. <laughs> I can't even is be here. This cool, <laughs> but we're not going anywhere. It's <laughs> like, I just can't see you talking to Pastor Matt about anything long-term, so we're just not even going to start. <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Oh, man. Um, But I, I have, that. like, not like the, like... um. You know, I want him to have freckles on his arms. I really don't care about right, that stuff. Right. Like, I really want to, like, I, there are things about his walk with the Lord that I want to see, um, how he approaches service is really big for me because, mm-hmm. um, I don't expect everyone to have the servant's heart that I have. Cause mine is definitely on like the spiritual gifting plane, but oh, like, no, for real, I could not be with somebody that's like not lending a hand.
2: Cause <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that would drive yeah. me crazy. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So,
1: um, I think, like, just kind of those, like, look at, like, you know, actual Christ-filled things that you want to see in your partner. If you're not seeing them, it's not going to work out for you. Come on, Becca. You can't fit a square peg into a round hole and, you know, God's the God who created the universe. He, Mm. you know, if Liam Hemsworth isn't for you, maybe he'll send you another one (laughs) that's not married. Yeah. I don't know if there's a third sibling, but, like, you know, it's just somebody else might be available
2: mm. so yeah yeah
0: that's a good word hey we can kind of wrap it up here i really appreciate mm-hmm. your time and your knowledge here i thought my last question could just be about kind of like moving forward from here you know i think that for me even just talking to you for like about a half an hour it could be very easy for me to walk out the door right now mm-hmm. and just be scared just be like really nervous walking onto the world and um i don't want to live that way i don't want to be like a scared. Person in this world, I don't want to always be looking over my shoulder. Although maybe I should, a degree. I'm just curious from you. What's maybe like the next step for someone to kind of keep moving through life, not full of fear, but very just conscious of what's what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, just you know, from your faith, from your experience, from your work? How can someone go out into the world, be confident, meet people? Um, but also be on alert to mm-hmm. what, what would you say to that person?
1: You know, I would say you you really have to ask the Lord to differentiate between, you know, what is a calling of like an issue that the Lord is calling you to be an active participant in addressing? And um, what is something that you just want to be aware of? Because hmm. um, not everybody is called to work with victims of trafficking. Right. And not everybody is going to go on a date with like their friend or somebody they met online and, you know, be abused Hmm. or be assaulted or victimized or trafficked. Um, so I would say that a lot of it has to do with praying and asking the Lord to give you a conscious heart, Hmm. but also a calm heart. Um, because you know, at the end of the day we're called to be strong and courageous. We're called not to fear. We're called to cast our anxieties on the Lord. Um, we're called to trust in him, mm-hmm. you know, like when, you know, Moses is like, I can't do it. He's like, the Lord is like, shut up. Don't be <laughs> afraid. I'm going to speak for you. Right. Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't actually say shut up, but like, <laughs> I'm sure like, this in is the, the Beckett translation. Yes. I, I like this one. This is good. <laughs> yes. The Bible, according to me, um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get struck by lightning, but, um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, we're, we're called not to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, having had to counsel myself with that a lot of times mm. many times um i've been at target and you know like some poor parent is like justifiably getting firm with their child for trying to stand up in the moving cart but then i'm like oh they're about to hit them and before i know it like without really even thinking i'm like following them through target and mm. like just like ready to pull out my badge and be like you catch that and i have mm. to kind of like tell myself like becca you need to calm down mm. um So you can have, um, you can have healthy reverence for the issue and have thoughtful prayer about it, thoughtful concern. And if it's something the Lord is really burdening you with, the only way you're going to absolve that burden is to pursue it wholeheartedly. And there are certainly many avenues that people can become allies and advocates for victims of trafficking. Um, but as Christians, um, it is straight up sinful for us to not trust the Lord and yeah. our relationships. I'm not saying that people should just go with like willful abandon and just be like, Oh, God's got my back. So right. I'm just going to go date whatever and whoever and meet whatever and not even confirm it. And just, you know, whatever life's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. God's in control. Um, you have to be smart about things, Totally. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to have like a PhD in relationships in order to be successful and safe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is just accountability and being open with your friends about it um, and yeah, just seeking out the Lord with it. But it is certainly, it's very easy to be afraid, um, especially as we start to understand trafficking more. Like I said earlier, you know, it's this really great philanthropy. A lot of people are interested in, which means a lot of money and research is going into it. And the numbers are staggering. Hmm. Yeah. The, the rate of concern is staggering. I think like, you know, the number of women who get like, are in violent relationships within their lifetime has like gone up an entire like number. It's like one, like one in seven and now it's like one in six. Wow. And mm. excuse me, um, children who are victims of trafficking every year it goes up. Mm. Um, adults who are trafficked is increasing as well. Um, it is a very lucrative industry. It is, you know, overtaking drug trafficking because you can only use, you know, a marijuana bud once you can't, rejuvenate it but you can use a human being several times so it is there is a foundation to have concern about it Um, but we have a God that is bigger than it Mm -hmm. who is bringing this issue to light for a reason he's you know mighty to save he raised Christ Mm -hmm. from the dead he is going to eradicate trafficking from our our world Um, so we could be confident in that but have reverence for the issue and be involved and take care of ourselves and be healthy Mm -hmm. Which is a lot. Yes. I mean, like like I said, like a wildly single person, I get it. Um, Especially someone who's under a lot of, who has extra accountability with my position in my church. I certainly get the turmoils of it. And it's easy to just be like, I'm just not going to date. I'm not going to pursue relationships for a while. I was like, I just don't even think that I want to get married. (laughs) And it was just more of like stubbornness. Like, I don't want to deal with that that's not like we can't do that if the lord's calling you to it he will mm-hmm. provide it's more about trusting and leaning it to him and following his direction rather than our own hearts and our own desires yeah. um, which is like a podcast for a different subject <laughs> but like it really comes down to just respect yourself yeah
0: so wow well that was beautiful we're gonna be joining you linking arms in prayer uh, becca for sure thank you for all all you share with us and for all you do in the community really appreciate you yeah
1: thank you for the opportunity to speak thanks for being here today come back next tuesday for a new episode here of the for the bible tells me so podcast Check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the Young Adult Ministry throughout the week during Shelter-in-Place. We hope to see you soon.